what's up guys, this is Ray Keefe, and you're listening to episode number 50 of the Elite Fitness Podcast, and in this one, I got a nice long special episode for you, uh, two of my favorite episodes from the Evolutionary Radio Podcast I'm going to feature for you here today. The first one is uh, Steroids for Men Over 50, so all you guys out there uh, over the 50 hill uh, taking steroids, um, what you should know. And then the second one you're really going to like is client stories. And here I tell you the secret to fat loss. The secret for you to uh, get as lean as you possibly can. Six-pack abs year-round. And it's no, it doesn't include drugs. All you guys out there that can't lose weight. All you guys that, uh, you know, you, you really try your hardest with the diet, but it just never works. Um, the second part of this podcast will tell you what you need to do. So sit back and enjoy. Without further ado, uh, here is the show. Evolution Network podcast coming your way, guys. This is number 321. We have another Q&A episode coming your way. Steve Smee here. And Rick, as always, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? All right, guys. So five great topics, guys. We're going to have a lot of fun with these, uh, as always. And we're going to get into the first one. So the first one is an interesting one. Let me pull up the question here that he, he wrote, and he's over 50. We don't really talk about over 50 but we have a lot of listeners that are, that are over 50 or that are approaching 50. Um, that's great. You're halfway through your life when you're at 50, right? So he wants to know what's a good over 50 beginner steroid cycle. And, um, you know, first of all, if you get a, some, some guys, you know, they don't start using steroids. So they're over 50. Some guys get a late start in fitness. Some guys have been in fitness a long time. They just never got around to using steroids. Um, or, uh, you know, PEDs. So they want to kind of get into it. And it's just not reserved for the younger guys. Um, there's plenty of guys who are over 50. If you go to some of these bodybuilding shows, there's plenty of guys in their 50s, 60s, even 70s that are competing. And they're on the, they're on the sauce. And uh, we have plenty of guys on our forum who are over 50 as well. We have um, uh, at least one moderator who's, who's over 50. So let's get into this, Rick. Uh, what's a good over 50 beginner steroid cycle? What do you think about this question that came in? All right. Well, if we're, if we're talking about a guy who's in his 50s, uh, going on to 50, and he hasn't been a big steroid user. Because if, if you've been a big steroid user, you don't need to, me to tell you what will work. You should know by now, right? But if maybe you've only done one or two cycles and it's been you know a decade since the last time you juiced and you're going to get back into it, look, start with blood tests. Uh, see what your estrogen is at. Maybe you need to lower your estrogen a little bit. Take a testosterone booster. Start with that if you haven't done so before. Try mines into Generate. Go to hcgenerate.com. hcgenerate.com. Check it out. And just give that a shot. Lower estrogen and use a testosterone booster. If, see if maybe just shifting that balance between lowering estrogen, lowering sex hormone binding global in a little bit, and just reactivating, you know, just trying to get more life out of your latex cells. See how that works naturally. And if you still need a little bit extra help, if you still need a little bit of um, 
of some extra androgens in your system, synthetics, then probably start off with the creams, which is our next uh, part. Start off with the creams. Make sure you get some good DHEA cream. There's DHT creams out there. Make sure you get testosterone cream. There are different creams out there just, just to add a little bit. Now, if you do those things, if you boost natural testosterone a little bit, lower estrogen a little bit, lower sex hormone binding globally a little bit, which are usually pretty high when you're older, and you raise your own natural testosterone production, maybe add a little bit of a cream, you're putting yourself now in the realm where you actually can build some decent muscle and, and get some tightness to your look, to your body. And you're not really on, on a real crazy uh, cycle and you're not really doing anything that serious at that point. Obviously, the next step up from that is maybe swap out the cream for injections and get on TRT and make sure you get human growth hormone. If you're over 50, make sure you get a couple of IUs of human growth hormone every day. That's my plan. I've saved my human growth hormone use for my 40s and 50s. You know, I didn't burn that out when I was young. So now that I'm, I'm heading into 40, now I, now I can use some, some human growth hormone and peptides now and go that route. So testosterone, human growth hormone, some estrogen management, boosting your own natural levels. If you're 50, you, you want to take the herbals because the herbals are, are going to help you enhance the whole testosterone experience. They're going to help with some of the mechanics of the erection. They're going to help, and especially tribulus is going to help the way your brain feels with that new testosterone. The, the tribulus just tends to make your brain more receptive to those androgens, plus everything else in the H to generate. So just make sure to give that a shot. And that's all you need. You know, if you're over 50 and you're just now getting started on steroids. And look, I'll tell you this, by the way, guys out there. There is an exception to the five to eight year rule that I talk about on this podcast where I tell people you should not touch steroids unless you're, you've been training for five to eight years natural. If you're 50 already, look, as long as you've made the lifestyle change to make the gym a part of your life, to make clean eating part of who you are. Just throw the sauce on top of it. As long as you're giving yourself at least a year of just good, healthy, clean eating and good habits as far as training consistently, just throw on the sauce, man. You're 50. You don't need to train five years. Just give it a shot if that's what you want to do. Matt, as a matter of fact, I think steroids really, as you get older, your decision to use them should be a lot easier. See, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your teens, 20s, even early 30s, Really think about that shit. You don't want to use this stuff. It might have some, some side effects later down the line, 20, 30 years from now. And plus, your body's already making plenty of testosterone and human growth hormone and the things you need. So the decision is a lot harder. But as you get into your 40s, late 40s, 50s, 60, what? It might do something 20 years from now. What? So what? Your testosterone is already low at that age. So add some more. Steroids... In older forms, really make a really big difference for you. A lot, it's a lot bigger difference for a guy who's 50 shooting 200 milligrams of testosterone per week than a guy who's 25 shooting those 200 milligrams of testosterone per week. The guy who's 25 might shoot the 200 migs and say, this ain't shit. The guy who's 50 might shoot those 200 migs and say, oh my God, this changed my life. So as you get older, I think that the decision to pull the trigger and do steroids should get easier. I mean, what are you, what are you worried about? I'm telling you guys that as I go on now, I've been using steroids my whole life. And as I said, human growth hormone, I tried it here and there, but it's not something I've stayed consistent with. Now it's going to be something I'll, I'll probably uh, be adding a few months out of the year now, hopefully. 
I get good, good quality stuff and I can afford it, right? I'm going to try. <laughs> uh, but now, now it's time to mess with it because now I'm getting to that age where it's really lacking. So human growth hormone, estrogen management, testosterone. Let's start with the creams and testosterone boosters. If you need a little more umph, go with the injections. Stay on the testosterone boosters. You, if they make a nice difference, you should just cycle them in and out, but you should take them, my opinion. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, you gave good advice getting blood work done. I think that's just the step one. If you get blood work done, you got low testosterone, then, then going on testosterone, it's going to make a world of difference. You'll feel much, much better. And then growth hormone. What happens if your growth hormone is low? Um, you know, as we get older, our testosterone levels drop, but our growth hormone drops even more rapidly um, to levels that are really, really low. So, you know, you can get good, really good results. If you have low testosterone and low growth hormone, which most people are going to because of environmental factors, because of the foods we eat, because of the water we drink, because of uh, you know, all kinds of things, the pesticides and herbicides that are all over the place, the air we're breathing, the oceans being polluted, all this stuff has caused an epidemic with low testosterone, low growth hormone. So if you find out you have low levels and you go on just a therapeutic amount of testosterone and a therapeutic amount of growth hormone, you'll feel much, much better. So that's what I would do. And then go from there. If you want to blast some steroids, blast some steroids. Just add it to your therapeutic dosages. And then you can always just run SARMs. You can run strong testosterone booster to N2-generate, what Rick mentioned. Excellent, excellent choice. And that can make all the world a difference. It can really give you an extra boost in the gym, extra boost in the bedroom, extra boost with your career and you'll feel a lot better. So, I mean, sky's the limit guys. Uh, just make sure you get blood work. Same goes for any, any age, but especially those over 50. Um, if you're, if you're under like 45, I wouldn't even bother getting growth hormone tested. It's really, really expensive. But if you're over 50, for sure, get your growth hormone tested as well as your testosterone. Let's see where things are at. All right, guys, next topic. Next one is using androgel testin versus injectable for TRT. Now, Rick, have you ever used the, the androgel? So let me, let me explain what the androgel is first. So androgel is a, basically it's like a cream. So it's a topical, it's a transdermal testosterone. It's a topical gel you apply it to your skin and it does it works its magic because it will absorb into the body and boost your testosterone levels it's not as effective at doing it it's not as good absorption as just injecting straight testosterone would be but it does the trick when it comes to getting your levels to a trt dose and a lot of doctors would rather give you the androgel or a test them as a prescription in the United States um, just so because they don't feel comfortable with you injecting. So 
But a lot of doctors now these days are are turning to injectables. I think five or ten years ago, it was it was much more easier to get the gel. But now um, doctors are kind of realizing, hey, you know, uh, my clients are demanding I give them the injectable. So now it's very unusual to have a doctor say, no, I'm not giving you the injectable. I'm giving you the androgel. So I would say the benefits, Rick, of the injectable over the gel, to me, one of the big benefits that I would think was that the gel, you have to apply it every day. So basically with the, the, the androgel, you apply five to 10 grams every day on your body. It's got to absorb. You can't shower it off. You can't um, accidentally get some on your kids or your, or your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever. And that could be an issue versus just injecting once a week and being done. It takes five minutes to inject. You're good to go. The androgel, you got to make sure you take a shower, dry your skin. It's got to be on good, clean skin. It's got to absorb all this stuff. So to me, the injectable is a hell of a lot easier than the, than the, than the uh, gel. But on the flip side, some people just don't want needles around the house if they have kids. I mean, Rick, you've got kids running around all the time where you are. So I'm sure you don't want your kid picking up a needle or something. He sees daddy injecting himself. So what's your opinion on this? Does that make sense? Endogel works great. Injections also work much better, obviously, than the gels. Um, Topical delivery, transdermal delivery of medications, ingredients is very effective, extremely effective. For years, I've been using Yahimbi topically to burn fat. There were a lot of really good topical anti-estrogens. Formistane is a great anti-estrogen. Works a lot like Masterone would as far as lowering estrogen. You could apply it topically. Arimistane, there, are some, there were some arimistane versions in the market. Probably still are. In a cream, there's an aromatase inhibitor. So delivering testosterone, delivering different hormones, via the skin it's it's been done for a while now there are some limits as to how much you can actually deliver through the skin you can load up a needle with a gram of steroids literally you can put a gram of steroids in a needle four cc's at 250 milligrams of cc shoot that and you just got a gram of hormones into your body Now, in order to deliver a gram transdermally, it's going to be a lot tougher and you won't be able to do it in just a 24-hour span. You won't be able to do it right away. You need consistency. You need to maybe apply it a couple times a day. Some compounds that you deliver through the skin need conversion via enzymes on certain parts of the skin. That's why certain products will be, you'll get indications to use them on certain parts of your body. Because you have different concentrations of different enzymes in different parts of your body. So once you apply and those enzymes have been kind of, I guess you could say, used up, there's a cycle between when they get cycled in and out. So then you won't be able to deliver a gram of anabolic steroids through your skin just like that, like you could with injectables. So in that regard, it depends how much you need and what you need. If you only need just a little bit of just a little boost, get a little more muscle tone, drop a little bit body fat, 
get your dick hard in the morning. If you just need a little bit, Andrew Joe will get you there. Older guy in your 50s, like just the last question we just handled, it'll get you there. You're fine. Little testosterone booster, I keep saying, manage estrogen. Put a little of your hand flame on your nipples. You're going to have a nice look. You're fine. If you want more than that, if you want to put on 20 pounds of muscle, then I guess if you applied the androgel every single day and you, and you ate right and you trained right, over years you'll, gain, you'll, you'll keep gaining mass because it'll just keep your, your androgen levels over what your body could produce naturally, but it'll take a while longer. If you really want to like crunch in and gain 20, 30 pounds in, in two, three months, the way most guys want to do, right? Most guys listening to this, then yeah, you're going to have to inject because it is just a more efficient way to just get a lot more steroids into your body than you ever could through the skin. So if you need a lot more than that, if you need bigger dosing inside of your body, then yeah, then yeah, you really do need to be injecting. You know, that, that, that is, I guess, the answer. You know, if you're just trying to enhance your life the way you feel, little androgen, little your hem flame around the fatty section, you look tight, feel good, dick is hard, getting a little muscle tone, make some progress in the gym when you do go. Even if you're in your 50s, great. If you want to put on more mass, if you want to put on faster pounds, Androgel won't get you there. You can't deliver enough. Go with injectables. Good deal? All right, Steve. What else you got? All right, guys. Next topic. Let's get into the next topic. How to stay motivated to lift right now. This is a really good one. We discussed this on prior podcasts a couple times. But circumstances have changed since you last talked about it, huh, Rick? Um, you know, right now, like a lot of people are going through a tough time. Um, in the United States, I read something that, um, you make under 40,000 a year, 40% of people are now unemployed. So it's hard to, you know, I always view the gym as something that, you know, things are good in your life. You have, you know, you want to better yourself. You got everything square. I like to go to the gym and just, you know, be able to relax. And then now it's like, you're scared to go to the gym. You're scared to pick up something. And then not everybody is being polite in the gym. Everybody is wiping. Not everybody is wearing a mask. Not everybody is washing their hands. So how do you get motivated? Gyms are opening up all over the place. My gym um, actually just opened today, believe it or not, Rick, my gym opened today and I'm not motivated to go, man. So, um, you know, I'm more motivated just to stay home and work out. Why should I go back to the gym? And the thing is, you know, the gym environment is something that's really, really wonderful. The gym environment gives you that push, you know, you got hot chicks, you got beefed up guys and everybody's pushing each other, you know? So what are some ideas uh, to help you get motivated? What are you doing right now to stay motivated, right? You know, Steve, it's, it's unfair for me to even answer this question because I'm in the fitness industry. I do this podcast, right? We have two episodes a week. Now I'm doing the Elite Fitness Podcast. Uh, I do that once a week. I run a supplement company. I'm always posting on Facebook. By the way, guys, if you're not following me on Facebook, then you're missing out because I'm going to post all of the podcast episodes there, updates, movies, posting content. Go to rickyvrock.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-V is in victory, 
R-O-C-K.com. And you can follow me and check out some of the other content. So it's really unfair for me to answer that because it's my life. It's my lifestyle, staying in shape, keeping my stomach tight, keeping my body dry, experimenting on myself. I'm doing a uh, Anavar run right now because I'm going to write a little pamphlet for guys on, on Anavar only cycles. So I'm logging my progress. And then by the time I'm done with this little Anavar only run that I'm going to do, I'll be able to, to offer uh, some nice content to people. So my personal situation through all this, staying in shape, getting to, to the gym. And I'm not even going to the gym. I got my weights at home, obviously, right? But just getting my training done, making sure that I don't slip up on my diet. This is just what I need to do for work, for what I do. And I, hopefully, maybe I can inspire other people. Hopefully, if you come out, follow me on Facebook. Check out the other content. Stay with this podcast. Maybe you'll stay focused on the goal. Maybe you'll stay focused on keeping your body strong, keeping your, your mind strong. I, I don't know. I think it's, it, I can't answer it because I'm already motivated. This, this is what I do every day. And for you guys out there listening, just keep watching, listen to this. Keep working out at home. If you don't feel good about the cooties at the gym, just work out at home. But keep training. Go for a run. Keep training. You know, don't stop training. Don't stop exercising your body. It's fine if you don't want to go to the gym. That's okay. It's not okay if you don't want to train. It's not okay if you don't want to push yourself. It's not okay if you don't want to push yourself to exhaustion. Get some endorphins moving through your, through your system. It's, uh, that's not okay. That's not all right. So, yeah, I mean... Look, if you don't want to go to the gym, don't fucking go. You lift some weights at home. Uh, do some calisthenics. Just keep training. You know, keep training. And that's it. What do you think, Steve? I think some, some ways that you can get motivated is um, by buying some new shoes. How about that one? Buy some new workout apparel. That can get you motivated. How about some music? Um, music is very motivational. That's why they put music um, in movies, especially in uh, if you watch like action movies or movies where guys are working out. Remember the Rocky movies? They always have the the little workout uh, montage, and they have uh, you know the motivational music stuff like that. You know, I'll give you some meathead talk for getting motivated. This is what you do: you get yourself a little book, little journal. You don't need to buy a new one; just whatever you got laying around. Take a picture of today. Start writing the date, measurements, weight, everything. If you got a caliper, caliper your skin, pictures. Grab your shit, whatever you got in your cupboard. If you need to order some stuff, then order it up. And just see what you can do in four weeks with your body. Clean eating, clean diet. See what you can get. See how far you can see how far things can get you. You know, give that a shot. That'll get you motivated. Track your progress, put together a good program and track your progress all the way and see how that does for you. You know, that, that's a good way to get motivated. See what supplements you got, get some stuff, put a program together, pictures, take pictures, you know, take pictures every day. That'll get you motivated. I think if you, if you track, if you, if, you, if you take pictures, if you got a program, if you got supplements you want to take, got this Anavar cycle, adding your hand flame, taking Entuslin, Obviously, taking Entugar with it, added HG Generate ES is a testosterone booster for it. 
with my little 50 milligrams of Anabar per day. We'll do a little four week run. We'll see how many, you know, how many points I can dial back on my body fat. And if I can put on some, some extra mass at the same time, just give that a shot. That to, that motivates me getting all my shit together, getting all my products together, getting all my, all my gear together, running it, logging it, talking about it with my friends, coming back on a podcast and discussing it with you and, and the guys on the forums. So the pictures, I posted the pictures of the stuff on the forums on Facebook too. That gets you motivated. Just put a program together and, and, and do it, run it. That, that, that'll, that'll get you off your ass real fast. If you come on the forum and start a thread or like a log and just track your progress, put up pictures, you know, say what you're doing, that will kind of keep you motivated because now everyone else is going to be pushing you on the forum. It's kind of like peer pressure. So that really works. Um, and it's a good way for you to kind of have a diary without having to actually write stuff down, like in a book, you can actually come on the computer and type out a diary every day and kind of keep the progress up. So I think that's a really good idea. And then, um, you know, one of the things you could do if you're single and I've done this many times, sing, being single is a great opportunity to better yourself without, you know, having to worry about performing, um, about entertaining, uh, a person every night or spending time on the phone with them or spending time texting back and forth. Cause that's what people love doing now. So if you're single, be like, look, I'm not going to date for four weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever. And just be like, look, I'm going to make my body the best body possible. I'm going to get my body so good that I'm going to be confident when I do go on on a date that that girl is going to be more attracted to me because she's going to sense that I'm confident and I have a lot of self-esteem, but I'm not cocky because being cocky is not, is not sexy at all. Being cocky actually is low self-esteem. But when you're a confident person, you don't got to show yourself off. You don't got to try to impress people. You don't got to put up a bunch of pictures of you with abs and stuff on dating websites. No. You can just put a picture of yourself wearing regular clothes and a girl's going to look at it and she's like, wow, this guy looks confident. He dresses sharp. He has a nice body. She'll know you have a nice body just the way you're dressed. You don't have to show it off. Pictures with animals. I read on an article a little while ago that, and it seems that women put pictures of guys with pets on their profile. Just so you know, if you guys do the, the, the dating site thing, which I don't, I don't really partake in, but many of you out there know do. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure if you don't like animals, you're not going to get very far with with uh, people these days. I mean, you won't get far with me at least. All right, guys. So the next one is best kitchen appliances that you recommend. So this is a good one. We actually had a guy on the forum. He was a salesman. He actually travels all over the Midwest and travels by car. He sells, he's a salesman. And uh, I actually suggested to him because he was complaining. He can't find, you know, healthy options because you know, restaurants on the road, it's all gut food, which it is. So I actually suggested that he can take some appliances with him. Uh, just put them in his car. Uh, there's a couple good ones that I recommend. Uh, number one, crock pot. Crock pots, crock pots are very, very good. 
The crock pot, all you need is some broth. You can make the broth on your own or you can buy the broth in the store. I, I get like the organic broth. It's got nothing uh, bad in it. Very, very good quality, high quality. You don't want to get the cheap broth. Put the broth in the, in the crock pot. Set it on like medium for the day. Throw in some meat, whatever meat you want to get. And then just let it, let it slow cook all day and go do your thing, go to work, go to the gym, do whatever you got to do. And that thing will just slow cook all day. And then in the evening, you know, you can add some rice to it. You can add vegetables. I like to add rice, vegetables, um, and then like whatever meats I'm using, maybe some chicken and honey. I like to add honey as well. Honey is a secret ingredient. If you ever try it, you'll know that you can remember that I recommended it. And it'll, oh my God, it's, it's, it's amazing. Make sure you, uh, make sure that the, the, the meat is well cooked. You have the thermometer, sit the thermometer in the meat. And uh, it's, it's a delicious meal. And then a nice thing about it is you can whole, make a whole thing a crock pot and then just store whatever you don't eat. And it's kind of, uh, it's a really, really good meal. And, uh, you know, that's my recommendation. And you can just travel. Like, you can put it in your car and travel anywhere. As long as there's a plug in your hotel room, when you're traveling, you can just plug it in and, and, and just go to the supermarket and grab, grab the meat, the plain meat. Throw it in there. Get some vegetables, get some rice. Throw it in there for the day. Very, very easy to do. So what's your recommendation, Rick, on a good kitchen appliance that people can use? Look, I think the, the three main appliances that I like, because I like electricity. I mean, gas, uh, cooking is fine. So the best way to cook, I found even to cook outdoors, you need three things. You need a rice cooker with a second stage for your vegetables. You need an air fryer. And you just need an electric grill. And it is just a pleasure to cook outdoors if you have these three items. You need some extension cords. You might have to grab a couple of extension cords and, and use different plugs in the house so you don't overload any one of the circuits and, and have your fuses uh, popping off. But it is so nice. These things have timers on them. You could just set the timer, set the temperature, put the food on there, and just forget it. Go, go sit down with your guest, entertain your guest, have fun. You know, it's, it's just a breeze. And so you, you set the rice. You could put pasta in there, noodles in there with your rice, whatever. On the second stage, it, it'll allow you to cook, uh, to steam your vegetables with all the steam coming off the rice. These are real easy to find out there, guys. And then with your, uh, with your grill, you could take sweet potatoes or even do some wings or whatever. What I'm in the air fryer, right out, you know, plug it in, extension cords right outdoors. Outdoor extension cords, you're fine. Just make sure you have outdoor grade extension cords proper, obviously, right? And just make sure that if you have like, if you have like, if you have sweet, let's say if you're doing some sweet potatoes in the air fryer, you want to take the sweet potatoes, you're going to cut them up and sweet potato wedges. You want to, you want to slice them up, throw them in a big, in a big bowl and wet them up and just make sure you slather them with coconut oil. Throw your salt and your spices on there, whatever you like to do. And then, Throw them in the air fryer. As they cook, some of that coconut oil is going to fall off of them and go into the catch pan right on the air fryer. So what you want to do is every uh, several minutes, you want to stop for a minute, take out the wedges, throw them back 
on the on the big bowl where you where you slathered them in in coconut oil, drop some of the coconut oil that fell off of them. You know, you got to tilt over the catch pan and just bathe them in the same coconut oil that was coming off of them with your spices and your salt and throw them back in there. Do that a couple of times. They'll be nice and toasty outside. And they'll just basically be fried sweet potato wedges and coconut oil on an air fryer, and they taste delicious. And again, your meats, set your temperature. It's just so nice to use electricity and cook and forget. I know you said kitchen appliances, and I'm talking about outdoors cooking, but these two, you, I mean, my, my air fryer and my rice pot, they stay on my kitchen shelf all the time. These are everyday use items. My electric grill, not so much. Uh, I do end up cooking a lot with gas just because the stove is there and I had a gas stove to begin with. When, even when I do outdoors, I, I don't like doing gas outdoors. It's just, it's just electricity. Just so much nicer. Set it, forget it. Um, when you have a, an electric pan and you're and you're cooking meats and stuff on it, you don't have this issue with grease flaring up and and charring your meat. You can control your temperatures. And if you have a, a well designed uh, a flat iron where you're cooking all your meats, it'll it'll drain all the juices out into a safe place. You don't you don't have open fires. I mean, it's it's really really it's just a really nice, pleasant, convenient way to cook indoors, outdoors. Just Air fryer, electric, uh, electric rice cooker. Look, now they even have egg cookers. They have these little egg cookers where you can make six hard-boiled eggs in a, just a, a few minutes with a tiny bit of water and a little, uh, a little device with a timer on it. A lot of this electric stuff, it just makes life so much easier, and it's so easy to clean compared to anything else you do out there. So I guess uh, when it comes to appliances, I'm just got to tell everybody, try to go electric as much as you can, in my opinion. Stuff is just a lot nicer to deal with. And, and this is for a few people, right? It's a good solution if you have a small gathering. If you have a large gathering, obviously, you might want to fire up the grill and just have those that gas just pouring out heat on a, on, on a lot of meat and a lot of stuff you're doing. And, and then it's worth the cleanup if you're, if, you, if you're serving, you know, 40, 50 people. But if you have a small gathering, less than 10 folks, I'm telling you, these three appliances will take good care of you and, and you, don't, you, don't have, well, you won't have a lot of cleanup afterwards. All right, guys. So the last topic of the day is how to prevent bodybuilding and your bodybuilding goals, your bodybuilding careers from getting in the way of your marriage or your relationships. And this is actually something that... You know, it hits home for me because I used to compete back in the day. I competed in powerlifting and I competed in, in endurance. And when I was at my peak in uh, endurance, as an endurance athlete, I was in a relationship with a very, very nice girl. And um, the running did did affect us. It did affect us because, you know, I would go, I'd have, I'd go run in, you know, do some six mile runs in the evening and. You know, and um, it kind of drove a wedge in, with us. And it was it was really a weird situation because I felt like she wasn't supporting me, you know, as much as she, she should in my goals. And um, it, it was hard, you know, in that situation. Um, I think she felt like I wasn't giving her enough attention. And it kind of, I think it was one of the reasons our relationship got doomed, you know, so... I think it's a, it's a definitely a valid question and I can see in bodybuilding it even being a worse situation because in bodybuilding you're, 
you know, it's, you have to so like focus on it. If you want to succeed in it, you have to like, so focus on one thing and you kind of have to put your family and your relationship on the back burner. There's a lot of that goes into, into bodybuilding and when it comes to competitions. So, I mean, I can definitely see this as like a valid question. And let's say the person you're with just doesn't understand fitness. They don't understand how fitness is important to you. They don't understand how the hobby, the life. So maybe they have a problem with you spending, you know, an hour, hour and a half, you know, commuting and spending time at the gym and then commuting back home. Maybe they have a problem with that. Um, you know, so it hasn't been a big problem for me in the past, but it, I could see how it could affect people. And it, it's been a problem, you know, once or twice for me. Uh, so I'm bringing Rick here. Do you think that that's been an issue? You're pretty, you're a pretty conservative guy, though. Because you usually date like women who are, you know, not as career oriented and who don't mind you, um, you know, monetizing fitness and putting in a lot of time in fitness and stuff, right? I'm very independent. I, I've, I've always been. So I kind of do the things that I know I need to do and and kind of expect, uh, expect things to just harmonize with whomever's in my life. If it becomes just too much of a, of a friction, too much of a friction point, then it's just not worth it. You know, we're not aligned. It took me years, years and years to, to learn that. When it comes to actually having bodybuilding dreams, when you're a bodybuilder, you have to like take your meals with you everywhere. You have to make sure that you have to make sure to prioritize your eating schedule, your training schedule, your drug taking schedule, your supplement schedule. That has to take priority over everything. And like Kai Green said on a video I saw a few days ago, and the better you get, the less room for mistakes that you have. The more muscle you build, now this part I'm saying, the more muscle you build, the more you refine your physique the easier it is to slip away from you if you just let up. The more muscle you hold on you, just the, the, the more progress you've made closer to just the perfect body that you're looking for, the easier some of that more recent progress will slip away from you if you let up. So you'll find most bodybuilders have a significant other that supports their lifestyle that doesn't feel threatened. You see, the fact that you have to focus so much on the way you look and how you eat and the drugs you take and your sleeping and, you, and everything, where you can't be on call for certain things, where vacations are not just any regular vacation because you still have to get your protein in, and you end up having to find significant others that understand it to the point where they don't feel, where they don't feel threatened by it the way most people would. So... You have to, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a hard lifestyle being a bodybuilder, just that consistency. It, it's the hardest part of being a, a professional bodybuilder, besides the fact that you have to have the genetics to tolerate the drugs over, over decades and also have the, the muscle structure, but just the consistency. And it's that consistency where you can let up a day or two per month and be okay. No, that's, that's too much. Letting up two days per month, it's 24 days in a year. That's almost a whole month of progress that you're not getting. No, you have to be consistent to the hour with every meal, with every hour of sleep. You have to be consistent. And so 
if you're if that this is what's in your heart, this is what you want to do in your significant other. It's not in tune with that. If they can't be by your side and understand that this is extremely important to you and you live a, a different lifestyle, if they can't be there for you, not be threatened by it, you're gonna have to either give up the lifestyle or give them up. But both are probably not going to be able to survive in the same space. What do you think, Steve? You know, I take a different perspective on this. What about the situation? Like, like I don't drink at all. And uh, I'll tell you, it really, it really, um, listen, women our age, uh, I know women my age, a lot of them, you know, they like to drink, especially like wine. They love to go to wine tasting you know, they have wine memberships. They like to go to the Whole Foods and, and go on the wine aisle and grab a nice thing of wine and champagne and cheese and stuff like that. And, you know, that's that's a type of thing that I, you know, that a lot of women, they want the guy to, to drink with them. You know, they want to take the guy to the wine tasting. And that's just not my scene. Like, I'm not one of those, you know, preppy guys who you know, likes to go to wine tastings and I've got like my sweater and my scarf and like the, the goofy hat and stuff. And, but I'll, I'll go, I'll go with my, uh, my girl, you know, to the wine tasting and stuff, but I don't, I don't partake in the drinking, but I go and I watch her and she seems to have a good time. So, I mean, you could still participate in it without actually, you know, drinking. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of women, I can remember I, I dated this girl and, you know, she was a drinker. Um, she was in uh, she was in the military, and one of the things that they teach you in the military, those of you who are veterans, you know this. Uh, they teach you to drink. One of the things uh, it's kind of like a peer pressure thing. So she drank like a a sailor, a drunken sailor. She would drink beer, and every night she drank, and she'd go out well, once or twice a week and go out with her friends from work, and they'd get wasted and. She'd come home three, four o'clock, you know, taxi would ring her home. So, I mean, it, it, it's, um, you know, to me, if a girl drinks like that, I'm, I will never date someone like that again. It's just not going to work. And on the flip side, you know, right off the bat, you know, I try to make women understand, look, I'm not going to go with you. I'll go with you to the wine tasting, but I'm not going to drink any wine with you. Um, you know, I don't mind if you have a beer. We go to the game. I don't mind if you drink a beer, but I'm not going to drink any myself. So you just got to make it clear right away. Look, that's part of getting to know somebody, especially like on a first date. And she should be asking you those questions on a first date, you know, about your, about your, uh, your lifestyle and stuff. Those are important questions. And if she doesn't agree, you know, to date you, even though she knows that she's never going to take you to a restaurant, to a nice winery, to Napa Valley and all this stuff to drink because every woman my age, that's their dream vacation, right, Rick? They want to go to Napa Valley and they want to visit the wineries and they want to drink and all that shit. And I'm not, you know. Yeah, that's why I don't date women your age, Steve. Well, I think younger women are more into going to clubs and, and drinking hard liquor, though. So it kind of, it's I, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of women drink nowadays. They don't smoke. A lot of people fucking drink, bro. Yeah. A lot of people drink. Alcohol has been part of our civilization since there was civilization. Apparently, and I don't quote me on this because I could be wrong, but apparently the oldest forms of writing that were actually found were counting uh, some, some of actual, some of the stuff that was used to make liquor for the time. 
it seems like we might have uh, started settling and planting crops so we can have a reliable source to make alcohol. You know, I know in the 1800s in the United States, alcohol was drank, drunk pretty, pretty regularly because um, water was very hard to come by. Good, good, clean water was hard to come by. So they would have to drink either like apple cider or they have to drink water, especially around the city. Yeah, depending where you were. Yeah, depending where you were at. Yeah. But like a lot of past presidents from, the, from the, that era were drunks. I think Ulysses S. Grant was, a, was an alcoholic. Um, I, several of the presidents around that time were, were alcoholics and it was just something. Yeah, there's just, they're just functional alcoholics and non-functional alcoholics. You know, they're alcoholics that can become world leaders and see a country through a crisis and then retire and then continue to die drinking. And then you have a guy who just has a six pack after work every day and watches sports center and he'll never fucking accomplish a fucking thing in his life. And all he does is just, he's just Joe six pack, one six pack after work. And that's just enough to cripple his whole life. And then you'll get some guys that are world leaders, even though they're drunks. And uh, it's, man, I just, it's just what it is. It's some people, like every drug, some people can handle certain drugs. Some people can't. Yeah, but I mean, I refuse to uh, date a, a drunk or alcoholic. It's just not worth it. It's not my job to play you know aa you know with, with i one, define you know? date define date i'll go out with girls that drink i don't care but uh like making a life with somebody who drinks fuck no no I gotta mean. be she's gotta be in the gym grind she's gotta watch yeah. her diet you know all of that but just like someone to hang out with casually or shit even even going on, on a trip with or something why the fuck not you can go ahead and drink that's fine no well, issue. Uh, well the one i was talking about who's in the uh, military she was abusive towards me so she'd get abusive when she would drink and um yeah that was around the time i actually ended up like you know going to the hospital a few times because of her. i've spent time with girls on on places trips where they drink i don't drink and it's fine remember just off the top of my head i remember this girl miami beach we went i hung out with her there for about four or five days i had a there's a, a business uh, associate i used to see in miami beach and she went with me this time so Went, had my meeting. It's only one day, but stayed four. And she drank all four nights. I hung out with her. You know, we, we'd already intimate. So it was fine to be intimate with her when she was drunk because we'd been intimate before when she was sober. It's fine. But uh, it was cool. You know, I hung I hang out with her. We'd, we'd get to the hotel, make love. Next day, she was like passed out. I'd get out of the room, go get my cardio in, go lift my weight. I mean, what you can do in a, in a hotel with what they got. And then, you know, by the time I was like already almost halfway done to my day, some emails answered and everything, just, she was just rolling out of bed, feeling, feeling nasty. It was just, it was great because <laughs> you just, I just don't, I felt like I had almost half of the day to myself. You know what I mean? It was just, it was cool. I just didn't sleep a lot, only slept four hours, but as long as you're not intoxicated, sleeping four hours is fine. You just get up, go get your training done, get some work done, get shit done, and before they're rolling out of bed, I don't, I don't mind it at all. Obviously, I'm not gonna make a life with this person, but just to have just a, a pretty sweet thing to have him in bed while you're here on a on a business uh, meeting slash just quick weekend uh, weekend getaway. Why the fuck not? And going to, and going to, listen, and and it's pretty fun actually. If, if you're like me, just a happy 
person. You go to a club where people are gathering and they're drunk. It's kind of cool. It's like you're invisible. It's like you got superpowers. You're like walking in between people, listening over conversations, watching people do weird stuff. It's, it's something else. It's cool. So I guess that all depends on, on the context of, you know, they say there's the, there's, how does that old saying go, Steve, that cliche? There is the right girl and the right now girl, right? So it depends how serious you're taking things and, and how involved this person is going to be in their lifestyle, whether them being a, a social drinker or just a fucking alcoholic, if that really matters, you know? One of the red flags, I once went on this girl, we met up for lunch, it was like 12 o'clock and she was drinking like hard liquor already. Like it was like 12 o'clock. So um, that was like a red flag that this person, uh, they need. Red, red flag is in what? And it's in like, okay, she probably, I'm probably not going to take her to meet my mother or red flag is in like, oh shit, I better get some condoms because she's going to want to fuck today. Like red flag is in what? <laughs> no, I mean red flag is in the, we're dealing with like an alcoholic here. She's got to be drinking hard liquor at twelve o'clock noon. Yeah, I mean um, again, just imagine the, what she's gonna be drinking I at seven. Yeah, I wouldn't want her waiting for Junior after school. Definitely, yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably, probably yeah. wouldn't want her waiting for Junior after school. No, not driving Junior home. You mean? Yeah, no. But would I mind her laying next to me tonight? Not a big deal. It's fine. It's not an issue. Why? Why not? You know what I mean? It's fine. I mean, it depends. Again, it depends what, it depends the context of things, right? Well, my morality uh, makes me uh, reject. Um, Get the fuck out of here. Women, womanizing. You're a woman. You know, if you got a map of the world and you got like tax, stuck a tax <laughs> on every city that you hooked up with a girl, Miami Beach, talk about Miami Beach, the Bronx, uh, Vegas, California. Colombia, Argentina, Venezuela, what what all countries? Uh, fucking. That's China. all the plugs that I know. Just say that. Just say that. We run out of tax if we had to do that. We're actually going to do that in the next podcast. I'm not. Um, I'm not, just cut it out, man. You're going to make people at home think that, that you're you're serious. Come on, man, cut it out. <laughs> all right, guys. Listen, evolutionary or guys, keep the questions coming. Uh, we hope we answer your. I don't even remember what the question was on this, but I don't know. We ended up talking about something totally different. Yeah, yeah. Went we, down that rabbit hole. We, we appreciate you guys listening, guys. Um, that's the fun part about this podcast. We just uh, we improv it. So uh, we have another episode next week coming. We have another compound episode. We have another Q&A. So check it out. All right, guys. Steve, Smee, and Rick, have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. Evolutionary Podcast coming away. This is number 354. Steve Smee here and Rick. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? All right. So, Rick, we have uh, uh, 354. Tell us a little bit about it. So, guys, we're going to do a two-part podcast all about YouTube comments, comments on social, and some of the comments and questions on the forums all about the show. Also, we're going to include some stories, uh, client stories, 
me and Steve were talking about some of the funny things, uh, guys, that we uh, consult and come up with. So we're just going to tell some stories. Obviously, no names given to protect the innocent and maybe protect the guilty, too. And uh, and we're just going to go over it with you guys. Two-part episode. Uh, it's going to be this and the next one. All about your comments, your questions, uh, everything that has to pertaining to dealing with you guys. All right. So let's get started, Rick. What what do you um tell us uh tell us about the story you had so, recently? So, oh yeah, yeah. So I was just telling Steve before the podcast started. Um uh, a very common theme that I come across that, that I mean it just happens a lot. Um I get a lot of guys, especially from social, that ask me, um, like this very last uh client that I've been helping out, we spoke uh about less than a month ago, less than a month ago today. I'd say a little bit over 20 days, less than 30 days ago. And he came to me with a bunch of very intricate questions about using Turinabol instead of Winstrol or Winstrol instead of Turinabol or using uh, maybe adding Climbutol to, to his, to his um, regimen, um, even though he's heard us on the podcast say it's no good for you because he's just really frustrated that he's unable to lose weight. He's unable to lose body fat. Now, I've seen his pictures, and I can tell you guys, and I told him right away, I said, dude, your problem is diet. Fuck all these steroids. Forget about all this chemistry. Your problem is your diet. I'm looking at your pictures right now. And here's one that is very common that pretty much everybody that's having trouble losing weight will say to me. He goes, oh, no, no, I have a great diet. And matter of fact, I don't even need that much. I don't know why I'm so overweight. And what I always tell, I, have, I already have a, a preset speech that I tell everybody that I come across that claims that they have trouble losing weight, that they can't get their body looking tight, but they just don't eat that much. I, I eat very little, like a bird. And I tell them this. I said, look, since the first single cell organisms were here on Earth up until today, the whole world has been a struggle for gaining calories and nutrition. All of these different animals, you know, different body setups are all to just make you really efficient at gaining calories and gaining energy. You're not going to sit here today and tell me now that you are somehow this really weird special creature that's fucking overweight and you don't eat that much. That you're basically at some sort of caloric deficit or 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 very little calories and you look fat. That's that's just not gonna happen. As a matter of fact, a, a joke I make is, you know, if you better not tell anybody then, because if the government finds out the men in black are gonna come get you and dissect you to figure out how we can make soldiers that we don't have to ship a shit ton of food to. An army marches on his stomach. It's one of the problems with with displacing an army anywhere is. Once you move an army, you've got to feed it. So you're not going to sit here and tell me that you're somehow this watery, this fat, and you don't eat that much. The men in black could come get your ass to get dissected. It would be a breakthrough. It would just be an incredible evolutionary step for us to somehow have creatures that walk around fucking overweight, big ass motherfucker like you, and you, you eat like a little bird, as you say. I said, what you need to do is you need to start journaling everything that goes in your mouth. Count everything, even the fucking toothpaste. If you swing by the refrigerator and you just grab a sip of water, take a note of it on your phone. 
at the end of the day, you look back at those notes and you're going to notice you're eating a lot more than you think you are. You're putting in a lot more calories in your body than you will admit to yourself that you are. And I come across this a lot. It's, it's probably, it's one of the very top themes that I have to break down with some clients and some people that just consult me, you know, because I do help a lot of people for free. I don't, I don't charge everybody. Uh, there are a lot of guys that buy my supplements, that buy my products. And from an order, everybody that talks to me about one of their orders, I always ask them about their cycle, their training program. And this particular guy really stood out to me because he was just so frustrated when we spoke, the way he looked and how much steroids he's doing. And he's on TRT and he's getting on the ground stuff. And he just big bulky guy. He just can't, he just can't get the water off his tits. You know, he's a watery tit guy. And um, so from the talk, I convinced him that his problem was diet. We made a little bit of a breakthrough in the conversation because he did admit that he'll tend to, to binge eat at night some nights. And I said, binge eating at night, that's enough. You do that three, four times a week, that's enough to keep you looking fat. So how about this? Start documenting everything you eat. And then we'll really know. We'll get down to what the truth is of how many calories you're taking. I said, but I gave him a, I gave him a really good idea. I said, here's the best way a guy like you hardworking guy like you can get really motivated really fast to get in shape to count to really lower their calories be a little bit hungry every day i said set up a date a couple months from now where you want to take some badass pictures maybe with your family maybe on your own somewhere but set this time up set the time apart and then you run a whole program all the way up until then and it'll keep you motivated. It'll also give you an end date. When you give yourself a finished date for doing something like a, a big diet like this, it really helps out. Because if you think about failing on your diet, if you think about messing up your diet, you'll remember that there is an end date to this punishment, <laughs> to this pain of being hungry. And you'll be motivated to stick with it. Well, a guy wrote me yesterday. He thanked me. He said he's lost 10 pounds, 10 fucking pounds he's lost. And this is really within the last, again, last month, not even a month went by. This guy reported he's lost 10 pounds already just from getting his diet figured out. I do try to convince everyone that talks to me that they should look into and maybe give time restricted feeding, you know, eating in a small four to six hour window, fasting, give that a shot. It helps kill the hunger. I tell guys, look, I don't, I don't care what coaches or what fitness uh, coaching marketing you've read before talking to me. You're not going to get lean and get a six pack unless you're a little bit hungry all day, every day for several days, maybe several weeks, maybe a couple of months. You're going to have to just walk around and never be fully satiated. You'll have to make sure that you never eat until your stomach even hurts a little bit. You eat until you're satiated and then you stop. Now, this is not everybody. There are some guys out there that will, once they get their diet together, will be able to get pretty lean without, without suffering some hunger. But for the most part, for most of you guys out there, you're going to have to suffer some hunger in order to get lean. Holy shit. Holy shit. So all these coaches were lying to me, huh? Yes, they were. All these coaches were lying to you. All of these guys on social, on Facebook, offering you uh, programs and diet programs and all this stuff saying you're not going to 
suffer any hunger. They're fucking lying. Most of you guys, eight out of 10 of you out there, my opinion, cite my source, me, eight out of 10 of you guys out there that are overweight, that you can't see all of your, all of your abs, you're going to need to be hungry, a little bit hungry. You're going to go from being hungry to being a little bit satiated, to being hungry to be satiated, never full. For days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks to even get there. That's just a, a client consultation, client story that I wanted to toss out there because I think it's really important. A lot of guys are still lying to themselves, thinking that they oh, just don't eat that much. I can't get lean. The men in black will come down in helicopters and snatch your ass up and take you to dissect you and study you. If you are that creature after millions of years of evolution, that creature that can move around, walk around, live a normal life on very tiny little caloric, like on a caloric deficit, and you're not losing weight, you're not net weight loss every day. Okay, guys, you're bullshitting yourself. You're fucking lying to yourself about how much you're really eating. So any of you guys out there now listening to the podcast that want to contact me and ask me about cutting steroids and mixing compounds and what supplements should I take with my wind straw to lose weight? I'm going to make you take a nice deep look at your diet. I'm going to look at your pictures first, by the way. Then I'm going to make you take a really deep, really intimate look at your diet and make you realize that you're taking in a lot more calories than you think you are or that you like to accept you are. You're eating a lot more than you're letting on. Many of you guys confuse, get confused because you, you'll eat very little for a few days and then you'll fucking binge eat really nasty one night, couple of nights. You just break. After feeling hungry for a, few, for a couple of days, you just break. You break and you eat until not only are you satiated, you've just taken in too many calories. So this is probably it's a good way to start off this podcast set. So with a very common theme that I run across out there with guys that are having trouble losing weight, a lot of guys go on, on social and they see my pictures. They see I stay pretty darn tight year round. I don't do a ton of steroids. I don't. I've been off of steroids now for a little bit. I'm still looking tight. Why? Diet is number one, man. Diet is numero uno, baby. And all of you guys out there lying to yourselves. Thinking that I don't eat that much. I'm so overweight. But I, but I don't eat that much. Bullshit. I'm sorry, dude. Bullshit. All right? If you really don't eat that much and you're still fat, don't fucking tell anybody. Man in black will come dissect your ass. It's like that. There hasn't been a creature, an animal, a life form in existence that doesn't need to take in the appropriate amount of calories that it needs. There won't be a, a man out there, or a person that's overweight and fat and is not taking in the calories to sustain him being overweight and fat. That's just what it is, guys. So we'll start kick off the show with that, that quick, very, uh, the very quick story. Uh, after me and him having a very uh, strong, stern heart-to-heart talk, about his diet he got his shit together he's lost 10 pounds already so very very common theme out there uh, with guys uh, uh what about you steve have you seen a common theme with guys that come to ask you for, for for steroid help and steroid advice 
that they probably don't have some of the other things in order first before they, they think about steroids? Have, have you seen that as well? One of the things that, you know, we see today's society, we see everybody on drugs, uh, prescription drugs, three, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight prescription drugs. So they'll, um, they'll come to me, I'll, I'll set them up, set them up with good training program, good diet, steroid cycle. And then they'll, you know, give me some feedback and they'll be like, oh, by the way, I'm on, I'm on this drug for depression. I'm on this drug because I can't get my dick up. I'm on this drug for cholesterol. I'm on this drug for blood pressure. I'm on this drug for anxiety. I'm on this drug for heartburn. I'm on this drug. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like, dude, like you got to get, you got to get that fixed. You got to get that fixed. All these drugs that you're taking, these drugs that you're putting in your body, they're made in the lab. They're, they're processed. They all come with side effects, all of them. I don't care what anybody says. They all come with side effects. So, and most of the time they don't, they don't even work at best. They'll cover up the problem, but they're not fixing the problem. Because if you stop taking the drug for anxiety, your anxiety is going to come right back. So what the hell is the point of taking a drug? So one of the things that I struggle with on the forums, and it's hard, it's very, very hard to work these forums, because even the people on these forums who are staff members and moderators and reps and stuff, they don't get that concept. They don't get the concept of fixing the root cause of the problem first. And then once you're balanced, then you can use steroids. A lot of people have problems. Uh, addictions is another one. They might be addicted to uh, alcohol or recreational drug use. And then they want to use steroids. Well, you're not going to get the most out of your steroid cycle if you're drinking alcohol. If you're binge drinking, if you're drinking a couple of beers every night, if you're drinking a couple of glasses of wine every night, you're not going to get the most out of fitness. So. You know, that's one of the things that I tell my clients. I'm like, look, you know, because they, they, you know, they're honest with me. And, um, you know, I'm honest to them. And I say straight up, look, if you're drinking alcohol, it's setting you back. If you're taking all these prescription drugs, it's setting you back. You know, there's absolutely no reason to, to be on that stuff. So that's that's one of the mistakes that we're seeing a lot. I'm not really sure um why that is why people take so many different drugs i i don't really get that concept cuz i don't take anything i haven't taken a prescription drug not even an advil in probably i don't know 5 6 years so i don't i don't get it um i think i think people just trust you know they there's just so much marketing out there pushing these these drugs it's on tv it's on the internet Everyone wants a simple fix for everything. So that's probably why we see, we see this happen. So, you know, that's, that's one of the big mistakes, Rick. How about you? Yeah. You know, I notice everybody's on prescription drugs, especially in our age group. Once you get above 35, Steve, you're uh, 38, right? 36. I'm 40 years old. And yeah, guys our age, they can't get their dick up. They've got cholesterol problems. They've got, oh man, uh, uh, head medications for your head. Uh, I, look, I think if everybody out there did enough yoga and fasted, 
you get rid of most of your problems. Really, most of your problems are going to really come from basically from shitty eating habits. Even if you eat healthy, if you eat all fucking day, every day, you're, you're just shooting insulin into your body day and night. Your body's meant to only eat for a few short spans a day, for, for a very short span of the day, one time maybe. Your body's meant to not taking calories for for a day or, or two. Your, your body's kind of designed to do that, or your body's kind of evolved to do that, because when you're out in the wild, you didn't get to really eat three times a day every day. And uh, our human form has been out in the out about in the wild without refrigerators or stoves of supermarkets for way longer than we've had those. And it takes many, many, many generations for bodies to really evolve. So if you just practice that time-restricted feeding, fasting on some days, you didn't overeat, you didn't eat a bunch of sugars, and then you did some yoga, you get rid of a lot of stuff. Also, some of your problems could be posture-related, pinching a nerve or two. Not even old age, just momentarily when you shift. And that alone can mess up some of the communication, some between your brain and, and, and some organs, and make something not function properly, which could then cascade into something else. And then next thing you know, you're on a bunch of drugs. The doctor will give you anything before they suggest the real to the core lifestyle changes. I get a lot of guys that come to me and they are on all types of different drugs and they want to throw steroids on top of it. And I'm very careful. I tell everyone, look, I don't, I don't like to give advice or tell people with, with these preexisting conditions and, and taking, you know, three different prescription drugs to then now throw steroids on top of it. How about we get, how about we take care of, of that uh, diabetes problem first, that cholesterol problem first. How about we look into uh, your depression and anxiety first before you throw steroids on top of that? That's a very, very common theme I, I run across too, Stephen. It just, it's just crazy to me that people will, will let doctors put them on all these drugs before they just make some core lifestyle changes to, to good dieting, to good living, to taking care of their bodies. I plan to stay prescription drug free for uh, hopefully until the day I die. I shouldn't. My body should not need a drug every day just to function normal. And whatever. And if I ever run across an issue like that, where my body is is needing some synthetic on a daily basis to, to maintain, I'm just going to fast my face off. And, f- and let my body kind of adjust once I'm, I'm I'm not dumping food into it and see what happens. I'll I'll try to work everything out naturally before I, I get on I get on on these uh, long term drugs. That's just my personal opinion on it. Another big theme that I see out there, Steve. Um, there, Steven, I don't know if you've run across this or not. A, a lot of guys that come to me for help that come to me and say, hey, you know, I'm getting back. I used to be in great shape. I'm getting back. A lot of these dudes have relationship problems. 
I end up many times becoming a relationship coach on top of helping guys with their with their body, with their physique. It's just incredible how many guys out there get divorced, you know, get separate from their wife. Their wife leaves them for another dude, which is a very common theme, by the way. You have no idea, bro. You have no idea how many guys I know that claim that they're friendly with their with their wife and their wife's new husband. Somehow they, they have a, they have a communication and that they're just, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm over it. No, you're fucking not, dude. You're over here talking to me about doing these big cycles and getting ripped and getting uh, looking as good as you did in college. You're just doing that to try to get her her back bro and as soon as she doesn't respond to your new uh, physique you're just gonna quit you're out here wasting everybody's fucking time my 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 time wasted because you're not gonna be a lifer in this you're only doing this because she left you she got tired of other things it wasn't your body other situations in the marriage made her go have you seen any of that, Steve? Any any guys with, with emotional and, and woman issues jumping on steroids? Well, that goes back to what I was saying before. You got to fix yourself and maybe balance before you open up that can of worms. And even before you get into a relationship, you got to be balanced. Because you go into a relationship unbalanced, you're putting a lot of pressure on the person that you're going with to balance yourself. And that's not fair to them. You know, and I'm not just talking about financial situations. I, I've dated divorced women and they've told me, you know, they told me early, early on dating. They're like straight up like, look, you know, divorce, you know, ruined me financially. And I'm not even really worried about that because money, money comes and goes. But I'm more worried about the psychological damage of, you know, the the, the relationship. If there was abuse, if there was cheating, if there was um you know, that sort of thing happening. So, you know, you've got to really just find yourself before you subject another person to your, your problems. But, you know, this kind of segues into my next thing that I, that I deal a lot with. It's the whole, this guy looks good. He looks good. He's a pro bodybuilder. So I should just listen to him. Now, obviously right off the bat, we all know there's marketing Um, in any, anything out there that's marketing. You have uh, Patrick Mahomes or any quarterback in the NFL. They're on TV pushing uh, Subway. They're pushing insurance companies. They're pushing you know, all kinds of products that are very, very crappy that you shouldn't be eating or you shouldn't be buying their products or getting their insurance. But you know they're paid to promote them. We all know that, I would think. And the same thing happens in bodybuilding. Just because Jay Cutler or Ronnie Coleman, they're on Instagram, they post the picture of a supplement, they're being paid to promote that supplement. They're probably getting a little commission from it. They're getting paid up front, whatever. That doesn't mean you gotta, you know, you should go out and get that supplement. It doesn't mean that supplement made them the way they are. But you know, obviously, the most of the people who listen to this podcast are intelligent enough to already know that. But what I'm talking about more is that, wow, this guy is big. This guy is muscular. This guy's a pro bodybuilder. So if I just follow what he does with his diet, with his training, with the steroids he uses, using the insulin, using the HGH, I'm going to turn into him. 
Well, the misconception in bodybuilding more than other sports is a difference as an NFL quarterback, Rick, being able to throw a ball 70 yards down the field or a kicker that can kick the ball 60 yards through the uprights. Okay. You know, obviously 99.9% of people can't do such a feat. Okay. Baseball players, a pitcher can pitch a ball hundred miles an hour, obviously a normal person can, you know, they're gifted, they're gifted athletes for that particular skill or sport. It's the same thing in bodybuilding. That's a misconception. I got a lot of clients come to me because they'll read about this guy who did the cycle and he looks a certain way. I don't know if you remember this, Rick, but years ago on EF, um, you should remember it. You were a sponsor of this, but there was a, uh, a competition on, on EF to uh, see who could have the best transformation. It was a transformation contest. Yes, yeah. yes. Not, and need to build muscle sponsored. I remember. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you sponsored, you're one of the sponsors, but uh, everybody was basically using all the guys who did it were using trend. They were using tons of steroids, Mastron, Winstrol, Anavar, all the cutting steroids. And really, after that transformation, there was probably, I don't know, 100, at least 100 guys that, that got into the contest. But in the, the day, there was only one guy who you could look at and be like, wow, this guy looks like he could step on stage and win a trophy. The other ones, you know, look just like average guys. So even though everybody was using the same steroids, everyone was using the same supplements, everyone was using the same protocols, everyone was busting their ass. Granted, you know, they improved, but some of them just look like average guys, you know? So it's not that easy. It's it's the same concept. Wayne Gretzky, Rick, I'm sure you know who he is. He's the greatest hockey player of all time. He went and he coached Arizona Coyotes for, I don't know, four, five, six years maybe. And they were consistently one of the worst teams in, in their conference. They never once made the playoffs. Michael Jordan... He went and became general manager of uh, a team. I can't remember the team. It was a team in the South. I can't remember the name of the team, but he was horrible. He was the worst GM. He made horrible trades. He made horrible draft picks. They couldn't even uh, fill their arena. There was probably like 2,000 people who would show up to the games because the team was consistently one of the worst teams. So just because you're a gifted athlete doesn't make you a gifted coach. Doesn't mean you're gifted at giving people advice. There's a difference, you know? Uh, there's a difference between being a great coach. Some of the best NFL coach of all time, Bill Belichick, he never played professional sports. Never. He never even played college sports. Uh, so it's it's completely different. So just because someone looks a certain way doesn't necessarily mean they know what the fuck they're talking about. They're just gifted genetically for that particular sport. What else you got? You know what? A lot of these uh, guys want to just train, look good, get some money, and not deal with anybody. But a lot of them, because of the monetary incentive, they try to take on clients. They develop these programs. And a lot of it is bullshit, guys. You know, Facebook uh, tailors the algorithm to your surfing. So I get a ton of these ads from these quote-unquote coaches telling me I'm going to be able to scale my online training business to, you know, thousand clients a month. I'm sitting there going, looking at it like, fuck, I, I can only talk to about three guys a day. 
That's about it. That's about all the all the time and patience I have for clients is about talking to maybe three guys a day and, and you know, following them up with emails and programs. That's about it. If you want to do a really good job for someone and really get down to the core of the problem, really sit there with them and ask them everything about their life and their situation, their health, their mental state, their history. A good 45 minutes I spent just taking notes down. And then we discuss how some of my suggestions can fit in their lifestyle. Sometimes I'll say, hey, so do this, do that. I'll be like, oh, wait a minute. I, I can't do that. I forgot to tell you. I'm taking this medication also. So I can't do that. It, it just takes so long to really, really help someone, really live to them fully and do a good job for them. That when I see the, these online ads uh, telling me I can scale my coaching business, to 10,000 10, clients. I mean, just ridiculous numbers, something that would be undoable. I, I'd never be able to really talk to all these people, remember every conversation when we speak again, have a history. I just won't be able to do it. So a lot of these guys are just, they, they put a little program together. It's very cookie cutter. They put maybe three or four cookie cutter programs together. And when you sign up, you pay this money. You might have a very short initial consult. The guy will never fucking remember who you are again. You get this cookie cutter program. Look, guys, in order to take on clients, you got to really love this. I, I like picking up the phone, talking to a new guy and hearing his story. Everybody's story is a little bit different, but they all center around some of the same themes. I like helping people figure things out about themselves and their lives that they didn't. They hadn't figured out before. Like this guy, this guy came to me. He had a whole list of questions about cutting steroids and cutting program, and cutting drugs and supplements. He said, look, 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 cut, cut, cut all that shit out. What the fuck is your diet? Because I'm looking at your pictures. You watery as fuck. What is up with your diet? Ah, oh, Rick, I don't even eat that much. I eat very little. Bullshit, dude. Man in black are coming to get you. Be quiet. Don't tell anybody. Now what's really going on? Oh, Rick, you know, I do tend to binge eat at night. Ding, 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 ding. That's it. And then I get a message less than a month later, bro, I lost 10 pounds. Steve, this fucking guy who said he couldn't lose weight, who said he got good diet and, and he just needed better drugs. He lost 10 pounds on just some diet suggestions. That to me is fucking incredible. That makes my whole day. I love it. I love helping people out. I mean, it's, it's just... There's a bit of curiosity always when you talk to a new person about what makes them tick, what's really going on in their lives. And I just don't see anybody being able to serve this many people as, as some of these uh, ads on the algorithm show me when I'm on social to scale my online business to a million dollars. They don't. They a don't. Year. There was a guy, I think his name was Zimmerman. He made like a million dollars in a year. And what he would do, he hired this girl to work with him. And the girl was the one who would uh, email back with everybody. And he was just copy and she would copy paste the same diet. Like you said, wouldn't even be three different ones. It would be the same one to everybody, the same workout. The there was same a girl diet. too. There was a girl that, that, that did the same thing too. There was another girl that got in trouble over it on, on, uh, on Instagram. But, but she, he paid her 50,000 bucks to do that. And he, he pocketed the rest of a million dollars. To me, that's fraud. I mean, I, that's fraud. But the thing is, I think with something like that, you'd have to get in touch with everybody and do like a class action lawsuit. And you'd have to get a lawyer who is willing to, 
you know, come in to that and maybe get like a percentage, like 10%, 20% of how much you get back. So that would, and then at the end of the day, you know, he could just basically not pay out and there's really nothing you can do. I mean, so it's a tough, it's a tough situation. Yeah. But if you're, if you're going to pay someone, this is why I don't do these um, copy pasty thing, obviously, first of all, it's immoral. I have morals, but number two, I don't feel like I'm helping the person. So I prefer to do either phone or Skype consultations. This way I'm talking to you one-on-one and we can go over everything and I can lead you in the right direction. I'll do email consultations as well. And in email consultations, you have the floor, not me. You have the floor. You, you tell me any questions you have and I answer them. So it's, it's not going to be a situation where I can copy paste the same answer to everybody. So it's all tailored to you. So that's what you got to do. But you know, these guys, they, they have so many clients, you have a hundred, 200, 300 clients that they have to do that because they, they can't keep up with everyone. So some of them take on more, Steve, some of them, some of them have several hundred guys that they don't, they don't never know. They don't do anything custom for look, I have it in my brain to, keep up with maybe just over a hundred people in a, in a certain month. A guy will call me. And as soon as I start to re- remember who he is, I'll remember everything he's told me. I remember that, that time in high school that he was in the hospital over this or that. I'll remember why his wife left them. And I'll remember what drugs he's been doing. Once I remember who the guy is, I'll remember his whole story, everything he's ever told me. And I can keep that in my brain back there, a couple hundred people or more. I've had guys to come back after a year or two, and I remember everything that him and I talked about. I would not be able to do that with thousands of clients per month like these guys are claiming. It's, it's just impossible. And when it comes to, to storylines and, and remember some, everything someone told me about their life, I'm pretty damn good at that. It's, it's, almost, it's almost a gift. With not a, a ton of notes, just looking over some very basic notes, I'm able to remember and, and get caught up right away on the string of, of everything that's happened in your life. Cause I don't, I can't give you advice for you unless I know about your history, but the, the, these guys um, that are out there, they're just, they're just marketing tools. You know, they're not, they're not really out to help people. Some of them, the clients are, are a burden are, are, are the way to monetize. And so they have to deal with them. You know, guy like me, I don't charge everybody that I help, man. If you, if you buy some of my supplements, um, you're going to have my cell phone number in your descriptor and your credit card. <laughs> and you're going to say, all right, I'll call Rick right now. You know, that's the number that comes up on your, on your, on your credit card statement, a personal line that I carry around everywhere. And I'm not going to charge you money to talk to me. I'm, I'm happy to hear you out. I'm happy to know what's going on with your life. And I, and I, I, I actually enjoy that. And so because I enjoy it, I like to, to do it right, give everybody the attention. I can only, you can only do that with a limited amount of people. And so what, what ends up happening is some of these guys maybe have great genetics, great looking dudes, and people truly want to work with them, want to, want to hover around them, want to talk to them. And it's just a necessary evil for them to monetize, to have to deal with all these uh, people, normal people that they, they probably think they're too good for. One of the one of the things uh, we have time for maybe one more per person, but one of the other things that I get a lot is a lot of misinformation 
that's that's out there. You guys have to remember on social media, anybody can can uh, start an account, build, you know, and buy followers, and then start putting out a lot of controversial stuff and you know, bring in a lot of, of the wrong people and adding them and all that stuff and build up a big following. And when you have a big following, people want to follow you. I mean, if you look at someone on, on YouTube, for example, and you look at how many followers they have, and they only have like 1,500 followers, you're like, ah, he's probably not worth following. But then if you look at it and he's got 100,000 or 200,000 followers, you're like, damn, maybe I should follow him too. So that's the misconception too. Anybody can make an account. Anyone can build a following list. Doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. That's So that's one of the misconceptions that even smart people fall for, Rick. And we have to kind of be aware of that. There is no filtering on social media. That's the problem. Anybody can post anything. They can say that pig urine grows muscle by 25%. Okay. I mean, they could post a fake study showing anything and then get you to drink pig urine. I mean, there's just no. Which is very anabolic, by the way. (laughs) There's no filtration. On these sites, like it's not the way it used to. I'll use sports as another analogy. I know, Rick, you don't like sports, but I'll use sports as an analogy. Remember back in the day when we watched sports growing up as kids? You young guys don't know what I'm talking about, but to get the score of the game, you'd have to wait till the next day to read the newspaper to find out the score of the game if you didn't watch it. We didn't have DVRs, we didn't we didn't have anything like that. So I couldn't DVR the game and then the next day watch it. I couldn't pull it up on my smartphone and follow the game live on my smartphone. That was unheard of. So, and then to if you wanted to hear about the news happening with your team, you'd have to read the newspaper or maybe once a week, there would be a 30 minute show on ESPN that you could watch. Now there's freaking 24 hours sports channels. There's 24 hours. There's tons of websites that talk about this stuff. I check them out. I have like, I go on CBS sports line. I go um, to ESPN. I go to NFL.com. I can, there's so many websites that you can go online and look at. If you follow sports, it's not like it was when I grew up. And with that comes, there's a lot of people that talk about sports that have no business talking about sports. Cause back then when I grew up, the ones that were on TV, maybe were former coaches they were, they were former GMs. They were former scouts. They were former players who actually knew the game and understood the game. Now anybody can start up. There's people with freaking 200,000 followers on, on YouTube or Twitter or any of these social platforms that talk about sports, and they never even fucking played the sport in their life. They don't know shit about it. They don't know the difference between a screen pass and screen porch. So there's no filtering. Anybody can do anything. And it's, it's really bad, man. There's so much bad information out there. So t- transfer that to bodybuilding, Rick. There's bad information on bodybuilding. A lot of the information out there is bad. So on these podcasts, we try to, you know, try to give you guys good information between me, Rick, a mobster, who's also my, uh, who's my co-host on the other podcast. We've got like close to a hundred years of training experience. You know what I'm saying? And, it's 
we know what we're, what we're talking about on this stuff. We've been on the forums collectively, I don't know how long, maybe 40 years between the three of us. So we've seen it all. We've done it all. So, you know, that's what they're friends. And these guys, some 19-year-old kids decides to start a YouTube channel. And he doesn't, he doesn't know shit. You know, you're going to listen to him. Then you're probably going to get bad information. So that's that's the misconception. But that for some reason in bodybuilding and weight training and fitness, that niche attracts a lot of these scammers, a lot of these grifters, because everybody wants to look good, you know? So they're going to do whatever it takes to look a certain way. It's not like I want to go be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, so I'm going to go throw a football 100 times a day. I want to be a kicker in the NFL, so I'm going to go to the football field and start kicking balls, and maybe I'll get a tryout on a football team. That's absurd, right? Well, how come in bodybuilding, everyone thinks that they can just pop, listen to, you know, watch a couple of YouTube videos, and wow, now you're ready to run a uh, 20 week cycle using five different compounds. So that's, that's the little dichotomy there. So it's something I fight, I fight all the time. You know, I know I'm not going to win the, the war, but at least I can win a, a battle here and there and, and help people. So Rick, we have time for one more. If you want to do one more before we finish up. Yeah. So uh, some of the themes that I, I see come across me a lot, I want to tell you guys. So look, don't contact anybody about your, about your steroid, your cutting steroid cycle. Not me, not Steve. Just don't go out of your way to ask anybody about cutting steroids and cutting steroid cycles and cutting drugs until you've been a little bit hungry all day, every day for several weeks. Okay. Just let's just start off with that, guys. If you're satiated, overeating sometimes, and you contact me, you hit up Steve, you go on the forums asking about diet drugs, asking about how to stack drugs together, but you just been on fucking unwilling to be hungry, just a little bit hungry. You don't have to be starving, just a little bit hungry from the time you wake until the time you sleep for several days, several weeks. Do that. Do that for two months. And if you're still having trouble, if, you, if it's still not working, you come and see us. Or better yet, be just if you, if you want me to help you with your cutting cycle, just come to me when you're already at 10, 9% body fat. Then I can help you. Then, then there's something I can help you figure out with chemistry to get you down, you know, for that photo shoot for that show. Maybe if you don't have a coach, you just want my, you just want some of my input, then we can do something. But if you come to me and you're in the, in the meat teens body fat and you're asking me about st- stacking Turinabol or other steroids, I'm just going to, we're going to have a diet talk. We're going to have a willpower talk. We're going to have a talk of how much commit, how committed you are to your health and your body. I'm sorry, guys. I know you don't want to hear that, but that's what, that's what's going to happen. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to demand that we see some pictures, demand to see on your social, see, see what the fuck you look like. Once I figure out that you're just not even dieting properly, but you want to talk to me about cutting cycles and you want to, you want to come here and put the carriage in front of the horse. I'm going to tell you, no, if you're having trouble growing, if you're having trouble gaining that muscle mass, you should be gaining from all the steroids you're taking. If you're having trouble just gaining, you know, that, that huge, that great physique, even though you're taking a ton of drugs, but you're not taking every rep to failure. 
And what I mean by failure is not, oh, my moms are burning. I'm going to put the bar down. I failed. No. Failure is when you really can't go anymore. Failure is when you feel like there's a knife being stuck in that muscle that you're working. Failure is when you have a training partner and he helps you get the bar up for a couple of times. And then maybe you do some negatives. Maybe you do some static at the very end just to squeeze that muscle out. If you're not doing that and you come to me to ask me about your your bulking steroids and gaining mass and all this stuff, we're, we're going we're gonna to have a serious talk about your training and your mindset when you lift the bar because that's a real problem. That's where a lot of your real problems lie. So those two things, guys, you don't, 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 don't come to me to ask me uh, all this stuff. And you're not, you're not even doing the right things to begin with, because I'm going to just bring you back to reality. I'm not out here to sell you a bunch of stuff. You know, I just want to help people get, I want to help people get to where they need to be. And I know in the process, I'll be able to make a living for myself doing it. That's it. I don't need to directly go for the closing, directly go for, for the conversion to sale. I, I don't. I just want to put information out, share with people everything that I've lived throughout my lifetime, do something very positive and, and help people's lives with all this knowledge that I have in my head. And at some point along the way, I know that I'll make a living out of it. And I do. But you guys need to understand that when you come to me, especially you go to Steve too. And you start and you lead with steroid questions, but you're in the teens of body fat, 20% body fat. I've had 20% body fat motherfuckers come to me and tell me they need to take one strong. I mean, uh, you know how that conversation went. So that's, uh, that's a couple of things. Also, with your, um, with your girl problems, out, guys out there, almost every dude I run into has girl problems. <laughs> I end up being you know, uh, a 50% uh, fitness coach, 50% relationship coach sometimes. Because I realize a lot of your motivation and a lot of your drive for making big lifestyle changes, for doing all it is, it's got something to do with some girl that broke your heart or some girl that you want to get with. And you're really over, and you're just complicating all these things uh, because you don't know how to, how to deal with females. So, one of the things you want to do, guys, is just stop over pursuing all these women. Stop chasing all these women around. Work on yourself. Work on your on your goals, on your progress. Be busy. Be a busy motherfucker with all, with all of your projects, with all the books you're reading, with the good stuff, with listening to our podcast. Be a busy motherfucker. Be a desirable guy. Don't over pursue these women. Don't overchase these women, okay? And if they drift away, if they go away, don't go in there and start chasing them and apologizing for things you think that you did wrong. Don't glor- don't put these women on a pedestal. A lot of guys do that. A lot of guys that were maybe players in their 20s and had, their, their, had as many women as they wanted, once they turn around their 30s and they decide, they just get in their head, you know, it's time to settle down. It's time to settle down. You'll grab anything. There were really good women that you ran across that you just kind of left because you weren't ready. But now that you're ready, you're going to take this thought that you just met and you're going to glory. You think she's going to be your wife. Even though you, you, you blew a bunch of really good opportunities with good women, good high quality women that were worth it because you, you weren't ready yet to, to settle down. 
And now you're going to sit here and try to, to make a lot out of, out of not much. You're going to sit here and try to make something big out of nothing. And you need to understand, guys out there, all of you guys out there, stop over pursuing these women. And also, don't, don't, don't build them up in your head. Don't pump them up in your head. Don't sell them to yourself. I, I've run across a lot of successful dudes, good sales guys too, some of them, who sell themselves on the idea that this woman is worth pursuing. Just, look, if you're on the phone with me and you're already taking steroids, and you're and you're you know worried about getting this girl, getting her back, all this stuff. You're already fucked up, okay? Because taking steroids, having a good body and a good lifestyle should be your lifestyle, and everything else that comes with it is something else. But if you're making lifestyle changes over over something a female is doing or stop doing, it's not you're not going to sustain it. It's not going to be sustainable. You've got to do all this stuff for yourself because you like it because you love it. So um, that's it, man. That's all. That's all I have for you guys on on this uh, particular podcast, Steve. Uh, anything else? No, we're gonna have a part two. Uh, this was more of a serious episode, guys. But the next one's gonna be more fun. We're gonna read some hate mail. Uh, we really don't get much hate mail um, compared to other guys, but we still get some. And we're gonna read some other comments as well. So it's gonna be more of a fun show. Um, and we're gonna talk about some of the the funny things that um, that we hear back from you guys and some of your concerns. Yeah, some some guys out there that are uh, in decent shape and are quote unquote influencers, they fucking hate doing all of this. They'd like to just go to the gym and get a bunch of money and be done. But, you know, creating content for you guys, making videos for you guys, uh, talking to you guys is a chore to them. It's something that they have to do in order to monetize, because how else are you going to monetize in the fitness realm if you're not willing to, to help people and talk to people? And so they just see it as a necessary evil. And they'd rather just work out and get paid like a lot of professional bodybuilders do. They work out and they get paid to take pictures. An interview here and there, but they're not taking on clients. Guys like me and Steve, uh, we were just helping people out because it's it's in us. You know, the reason I got, the reason the door opened to me to to come into this industry is in my very, very, I think it was 20 years old, I was on Elite Fitness. That's how old Elite Fitness is, man. It's over 20 years old website. I was on Elite Fitness on my free time helping guys out, commenting, putting up content, stuff that I've read from Dan Duchesne in Muscle Media 2000, Bill Phillips stuff. I, I would, I would uh, at that point, just kind of regurgitate, parrot back a little bit with my own ideas on things. And the owner at the time, the owner of the website, seen me, seen my, my level of writing and how I was, I was very helpful. He, and he said, oh, he checked my IP in the back of the of the website and he said oh this kid's in new york and he insisted that i come in for an interview because he wanted to give me a job uh, as director of sales for his uh, supplement company mass quantities I, I just liked sharing information helping people and i just organically just kind of fell into place here and i still i, I love doing this podcast i love helping people out i it, it makes me feel like i'm I'm fucking doing something in my life when I can help a guy figure something out in his life, in his diet, in his health that maybe nobody else was able to figure out. And, that, and that's, that, actually, that's, really like, that's actually one of the hate mails that we're going to read on the next one. It's someone who's upset that we're talking about this stuff. And that's yeah. that's wrong. Look at look at Tesla. I don't know what just popped in my head. Tesla, they do electric cars. How do you think Tesla got so successful? The company Tesla got so successful 
it's from learning and networking and learning from prior car companies that have tried to get into that industry of electric cars and not been successful. They learned the mistakes. They learned the, the right things, the wrong things, and they learned from that. And now they've been able to be a successful company because of that. It's the same thing we do. If we're not talking about this stuff, if we're not networking, if not sharing information, we're never going to advance in this industry. We'll just be stuck. You know, uh, it, it, can you imagine if Arnold was around today with all the information we know? He, he was the smartest guy in the 70s in, in, the, in the industry. He was the smartest guy out there. But can you imagine today if he knew what, he, what we know today when it comes to everything? I mean, my gosh, he would be, he would be absolutely sick. So, I mean, we got to keep, we got to keep networking. We got to keep uh, discussing this stuff. That's why the forums are so important. Come on, evolution.org. Hit me up, Steve, SMI. I, I, I would I'll answer any of your questions on the forums and we'll, um, you know, we'll help you out. And uh, logs, logs are very good. Logs are the best thing, especially with the pandemic coming out of the pandemic, trying to get back in shape. If you start up a log, that's the best thing you can do because you can keep honest with yourself and we can push you to get better. So I strongly encourage starting a log. All right, Rick, anything else? Ricky V Rock. Dot com. That's R-I-C-K-Y, V as in victory, R-O-C-K.com. Ricky V Rock, it'll send you to my fans page. Uh, from there, you can also find my personal profile. Just come on through. Say what's up. Say hi. Uh, shoot me a message. I get messages from all you guys that listen to this podcast every day. I answer every single person that hits me up on social, that emails me. I'm very appreciative of all you guys that find this podcast and find us and continue to listen to us and get your information from us. There's so many different dudes out there, so many different guys that are putting out misinformation, so many guys that that look great, but they just hate working with people, but they have to do it because of monetization. When you guys come around and you find me and Steve and you you listen to our podcast and you follow our content, I mean, I, I appreciate the hell out of every single person that takes time out of their day, their week, to come join us and stay motivated, listening to us talk about bodybuilding day after day. And us talking about steroids and compounds that change the way you look and feel day after day. So uh, thank you guys out there. And I look forward to serving more people from here on until the day I die. I look forward to helping and, and improving many, many more lives. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's great. All right, guys. So this was number 354, part one. Uh, We will talk to you guys next week for another one, 350. It's going to be 355, actually, the next one we do. It's going to be a special episode. For Steve Smee and Rick, Evolution.org podcast. Talk to you next week. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.